Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Everything San Diego podcast. I am Johnny Richardson. And I'm Stephen Richardson. Uh, this is the first episode of the Everything San Diego podcast. Um, we have multiple stories to talk about today. Um, there we go. Um, all right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Padres have a new manager and pitching coach. Um, after a long season last year, uh, we expected some changes, and, and we got those changes. So uh, most importantly, the Padres hired Bob Melvin as their new manager. They actually plucked him away from the Oakland A's somehow. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Does, does Preller get most of the credit for this one, you think? I think so. Uh, he's the one who talked to them probably. Yeah, so um, anyway, so Padres don't have to give anything back uh, to the A's for the final year of Bob Melvin's contract. So that's always a good sign when you get something for for nothing. Um, And then so just a little bit about Bob Bob Melvin, if uh, you don't know much about him, he's been in the big leagues managing for 18 years. Uh, He's been a big league manager since uh, 2003 with the Seattle Mariners. He was there for 0304. He went with the Diamondbacks. That's kind of where he came up with. He was also uh, their bench coach in 01 and 02 when they won the uh, World Series in 2002. A lot of credit uh, heard over the last couple of days have been um, given to to him more than the manager, who was Bob Brindley at the time. Uh, So interesting. But um, other than that, that's his only uh, World Series title. He was with the Oakland A's for... Uh, 11 seasons uh, was under contract for next year. Uh, somehow, uh, something with the you know, the team possibly moving soon. Um, also, with the team cutting payroll, he was given the option to, to look uh, at other teams, and he took that option. And I don't know if he called the Padres. The Padres called him. We'll, we'll find that out, I'm sure, down the road. But for for what we know right now, he is the uh, the manager of the. San Diego Padres. He is um, a career uh, five fourteen winning percentage manager. Um, Ten and seventeen in the playoffs. Uh, the Oakland A's have been good at getting to the playoffs. That Billy Bean uh, philosophy. They are a good regular season team. Um, have not turned that into playoff series wins. Um, so that that'll be interesting to uh, to see with actually a team that does have a little bit of payroll, a lot of talent, um, to see if he can push uh, the Padres over that edge. Making the playoffs would be a good start, and then winning in the playoffs is uh, where we hope this goes over the next three years. Um, six years uh, he made the playoffs with the Oakland A's, and then the one year with the Diamondbacks. Three-time manager of the year, so, you know, both in NL, AL, so um, he's, you know, well-recognized, even though um, unless you, you know, watch a lot of baseball, you may not know him. He's a very quiet name, but uh, a very good, very solid manager. Um, I think Padres fans should be very, very excited uh, to have him here in San Diego. Uh, the pitching coach at the Padres got Ruben Niebla. Um, he was hired to become the new pitching coach after many seasons in, as the Cleveland Indians organization. 
He's been the assistant pitching coach since 2020, but before that, uh, the minor league pitching coordinator for seven years. That's where uh, I got to know Mike Clevinger, uh, among other Indian starters, and helped them a lot in the minor leagues. Uh, 20, before that, in 2012, he was the interim pitching coach. Uh, it was the major league coaching assistant from 2010 to 2012. And he's also a native to Calexico, California, which is just 122 miles east of San Diego. Yeah, once again, another good hire, another guy that, you know, uh, just like with Bob Melvin, we heard a lot about, um, you know, Oakland A's uh, fans, former players, media, you know, very sad that, that he was leaving. We're hearing the same thing about Ruben. Uh, Ruben um, it's getting a lot of accolades from players. Uh, Johnny already mentioned Mike Clevenger, but, um, and I'm drawing a blank. We just talked about. Uh, control. Yes, thank you. Uh, Cal Quantrill um, also, you know, credited him for, you know, saying, hey, this guy has my entire career. This guy has, you know, meant more to me, has developed my game more than any other coach. Um, so, uh, once again, another good hire. Uh, there's a, a little bit of anguish about, you know, they hired the pitching coach before the manager. Typically, that doesn't happen. The manager usually likes to go out and get his own guys. Um, however, this was one guy that you just could not miss. You know, you couldn't miss out on the opportunity to get him, so they went ahead and signed him. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's never been a full-time pitching coach in the big leagues, uh, but he it seems like he has all the talent and skills and, and ability to, to get him there. Um, another coaching staff news, Ben Fritz will remain as the bullpen coach. He was the interim pitching coach for the uh, final couple months of the season uh, once uh, Larry Rothschild was fired. Uh, Ryan Flaherty will stay in the organization. And then who's going to be bench coach, third base coach? Uh, Bobby Dickerson did sign with the Phillies, so he is for sure gone. The rest of the coaching staff remains unhired, uh, possibly uh, you know, some could return, and that's uh, Bob Melvin's decision at this point. Um, so there are some rumors that uh, Brian Price, uh, former manager of the Reds, also former pitching coach, uh, they've worked together in the past, that he might join um, with Bob Melvin. Uh, Luis Rojas, who was high, or interviewed as a managerial candidate, so um, that he might come in as a bench coach. And there's also um, ties in to, to Mark Kotze, who was a third base coach there in Oakland uh, with Bob Melvin. So maybe he'll be interested in, in coming down south uh, with Bob Melvin as well. Yeah. Um, so the next storyline that we're going to talk about to, uh, tonight is uh, Torreira's football. They won their fifth straight in conference play. Uh, they defeated Valparaiso, the Beacons, 21-14 uh, to 14 at home. It was a comeback victory. They were down 14-0 after the first quarter, but uh, took their first lead in the fourth quarter uh, on a touchdown plus two-point conversion from Mason Randall, rushing touchdown from the quarterback. Uh, Brandon Eichert, the kicker, went two for three uh, with a 31-yard field goal, 33-yard field goal. But also missed a 37-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. Uh, after a four, 
after a 4 start and 3 non-conference record. Uh, they've won five straight. They're five and one in the conference, which is second best for the Pioneer Football League, behind the five and zero Davidson Wildcats. Um, for the Pioneer Football League uh, champion, there are no conference championship games, so it's just going to be the best record in the league. Toreros have two games remaining, while Davidson has three. Uh, Toreros, because they lost to Davidson the first game of the conference season, uh, they'll need Davidson to lose twice against uh, St. Thomas, Dayton, and Drake. Uh, Dayton's 3-3, three and three and Drake is 0-6, so it appears unlikely at the moment. All right, uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk about the San Diego Gulls. San Diego Gulls have had a, a rough start to the season, honestly. Um, not only are, are they losing, but they're, they're losing in impressive fashion. Uh, they've lost 5-2, 6-2, 5-1, and 6-4. Uh, they did win uh, this past Friday. They did win their first game of the year uh, on the road in Tucson. Uh, they won 5-1. It was uh, Sam Kirk's return from the big league club up in Anaheim, uh, and he got a goal. Uh, so yeah, um, that you know that was. By the way, they won that one five one. So they've not had a close game yet. They've uh, they've all been decided pretty easily. Um, then on Saturday night again, uh, the Gauls played in Tucson, and then uh, they were down three nothing. And then Gauls came back to tie it at three apiece. And then from there, uh, it was 3-1 Rogue Runners at that point. So final score, 6-4, Gauls uh, lose yet again. Um, and Joe Bouchard, he's the new coach this year, uh, for those of you who didn't know. Um, you know, he said, you know, this things aren't going to change in just a game or two. It's going to take a – it's going to take some bit to, to change – um, and you know what? The whole organization needs that right now. Uh, Ducks are are not doing very well at this point of the season either. So uh, definitely some organizational things need to change. Uh, they need to look at that and figure out where they're going as an organization. All right, next up, we're going to Point Loma, where uh, Point Loma Nazarene's Division II men's basketball team faced the uh, Division I Pepperdine Waves. And... Uh, surprisingly, Point Loma actually beat them. They beat them 77-50 to 50 in a rare um, home game against a Division One opponent. Um, they were up 42-28 to 28 at halftime and uh, outscored the Waves 35-22 to 22 in the second half. Uh, Luke Hopped led the team off the bench with 18 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. And then Brian Gorak, 13 points, 2 steals off the bench as well. The team uh, shot 30 for, four, 30 for 66 from the floor, 9 for 29 from three uh, in front of 998 spectators at the Point Loma's Goldman Gym. Um, they're ranked number 24 in Division II. Uh, I don't know how many teams could beat Division I. Maybe they should be ranked a little higher. Who knows? We'll see how their season goes. But it's a fun exhibition game to start the season. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. It's an exhibition game. You know, who knows how many of Pepperdine's actual starters actually played. Um, but, you know, still, uh, from a team that went all the way to the championship game, uh, 
not too long ago. Was that two or three years ago? I can't remember exactly. I think that was two years ago. Okay. Uh, you know, ex good sign of things to come. Wouldn't get too excited over an exhibition game, but uh, yep, hopefully they can carry that over into the regular season. All right, San Diego Loyal. Uh, San Diego Loyal uh, finishing a draw against Sacramento on Saturday night. Um, a very well-played game for the Loyal. Unfortunately, um, couldn't find the, the, the end of the net um, more than once. And then as soon as they scored, uh, Sacramento scored and, and tied it right up. So um, it was tied, I would say, probably 98% of that game. Um, even though uh, San Diego had 60% of the possession, they had 85% pass accuracy throughout. Um, 11 shots, which uh, with three on goal, um, could not get the final one in to, to take the, the lead. They needed to win and they needed help uh, to get a home playoff game. Uh, neither one of those happened. Orange County also uh, had a draw in their game. Um, so really the result of that didn't matter. Um, in the end, uh, San Diego finishes as a third seed in the Pacific Division, um, five point shy of second with uh, for that home field advantage, which would have been nice. Uh, if you guys have not been out to Torero this year, highly recommend you make it there to the next season because the, the crowds have been fantastic. Um, even though last Sunday was a late arriving crowd, they did pack that place pretty good. Um, so what's, uh, coming up, uh, San Diego will go to San Antonio, uh, to face San Antonio FC. That game will be Friday, November 5th at 6 PM Pacific time. Uh, do you know broadcast information yet? I don't, uh, I don't that think they've announced that yet. I don't have it. Okay. Uh, most of the season's been on ESPN plus, so I think that would be a, a good bet. Um, but, uh. Check the socials, um, and I'm sure we'll have that out for you once that's announced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so next, the last but not least, uh, Aztec football. They lost their first game. They started out 7-0 for the first time since 19-something, 1900s. Um, but they fell to Fresno State 20-30 to at home. Uh, defense, which has been spectacular, spectacular all season, could not handle Fresno State's explosive offense. Um, Aztecs quarterback was continued, but Will Haskell made an appearance at the end of the game, and looks like he could be the answer. He is a redshirt; he only has he's already played in three games, so you can only play one more. But they might um, lose the redshirt and just start him the rest of the season, maybe with the Aztecs needing to win out basically, to make it to the conference championship game. Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, the, the offense looked dead, um, which the Aztecs have not been a good offensive team all year or you can go back several years. I can't remember last time they were actually a, a good offensive team, uh, especially, you know, with a, a solid quarterback. It, it seems like it's been a good minute. So Haskell came in. Uh, really, really changed everything around. Uh, the, the team looked like it, offense at least, at least uh, looked like it had a spark to it. Uh, fortunately, not enough. Uh, too big of a deficit to overcome. 
Uh, but did make the game exciting there for a little bit, for, for a while anyway. So that was uh, really good to watch. And by the way, the Aztecs, last time they were 7-0 was 1975. 1975. Uh, in the top 25, they received uh, 50 votes in the AP poll, which is 32nd most. Obviously, they're not ranked with not being in the top 25. Um, in the coaches poll, they're a little bit better. They received 65 votes, 28th in uh, college football. Uh, but with the loss, it looks like New Year's Six Bowl is not possible anymore. Uh, they're not going to reach the that high anymore. It's tough playing in the Mountain West. Uh, you know, you don't get that second chance. Um, like, you know, maybe in SEC or sometimes even, a, you know, like a Big Ten, maybe even a Big 12 team uh, gets that second chance if they lose a game. But uh, coming from the, the Mountain West, um yeah, you only get that one chance. Uh, but, you know, once again, it's, it's something to build on. Uh, defense has been good, solid for, for a few years now. Uh, as long as they keep that up and find an offense, uh, you know, we can expect more ranked teams and, you know, better bowls down the road. And a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll see you in a new episode shortly. Uh, yeah. All right.